Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Turn after international break to talk country, women, and Zlatan. We'll give our Champions League predictions, our Europa League shots in the dark, and our beer blessings. Plus, we answer more listener questions. I'm Sonia Missio, and this week I'm joined by... Uh, you're joined by both of us, but I don't know who goes first. Let's let Megan go first. All right. Megan, okay. jump in. I'm Megan <laughs> Oh, no, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, no. I mean... Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I'm Megan Smith, and I've spent this week doing a wonderful review of multiple Netflix shows that have to do with soccer, because I can't watch it live, and so I've went on everything from the wonderful comedy that is Holy Goalie, and yes, it is as bad as you would think, to to my new favorite documentary series, Becoming Champions, which is about the teams that have won the World Cup. Um, I'm Jesse and Jesse Loesch, and let me just say that Megan has, this is a gift that Megan has given us, um, and I basically spent all week talking about it and how great it is to, um, the Venn diagram in my life of actors and soccer people, uh, both groups, um, found it really fascinating or they lied to me, but I, I didn't care because it's a, it's a great, great, great google doc so thank you megan it's a fantastic google doc and it makes me sad to be a canadian for once in my life because Um, netflix is different we have some of the things but not all of the things thank you for that lead-in because i just need to give a shout out and um on top of that a subsequent beg to 21 thunder and i know (laughs) um Kirsten is, is not here. We'll talk about that in a second. But both of you are fully on board. The incredible, incredible just gift that is 21 Thunder. Um, I describe this as um, the love child of MLS and the telenovela. Beautiful. I, right? So if you haven't watched it, please get on your... Um, local Netflix channel. Sonia, how do you watch it in Canada? It's available on Netflix in Canada. Great. So again, like hop on Netflix, get on 21 Thunder, binge the whole thing. Um, It's it's basically true life documentary, obviously, because um, football players all take many, many drugs, have lots and lots of the sex, and don't play a lot of soccer. Um, and when they do, they're terrible at it. So it's fascinating. It's wonderful. And I really, really, really need them to get picked up for a second season. So write to whoever you know, write to Trudeau, 
um, <laughs> right to who else do you guys have? Do you have ministers? Do you have assembly people? What else do you have? Uh, well, we have, I guess, MPs, MPPs. We have our premiers. Oh. Right to all of those people. I'm sure they don't have really anything else aside from this pressing need for a second season of 21 Thunder. Um, Yeah. And speaking of Kirsten not being here, I'm going to make the executive decision while she can't yell at me. But I think next week, if we all watch the first like two to three episodes, we'll have like a quick recap of it. And like, you know, we'll we'll carve out a little time on the pod to give our thoughts and feelings and and our assessments of it. And I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings. Perfect. So, yeah, if you're listening along at home, to avoid any spoilers, watch the first three episodes because we're going to be discussing it next week if yeah. Kirsten doesn't fire me in the meantime. Also, you can you can tweet at us any of those thoughts, feelings, and or questions. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and as you probably already figured out, missing this week is Kirsten because she's flying off to Belgrade to watch some soccer games that we're going to talk about in a bit. But she's here in spirit and in our WhatsApp group and usually in my head. Um, So we're going to try to see if we can message her and read out things that she has said as we go through this. And if not, we'll just make up stuff that she said, because why not? I have all the power right now. I'm going to be so scared when she lands. Okay, so to recap things. I just tweeted at her. It's fine. Oh, perfect. Not a biggie. Excellent. So let's recap a couple of things that happened on Unusual Efforts this week. Uh, we had two Insta takeovers. Both of them were fantastic in two different ways. We had Pradeep do the Insta takeover for the US-Brazil game. Um, we actually put that as one of our existing stories. Is that what it's called? Like, is that, I'm, not, uh, I'm not good at Insta, Instagram. All I know is that these two were so good. I just don't yeah. really know what to call them. Yeah, so they're in like our memory bank. So if you can go back and check them. And Pradeep uh, was in the press box for the US-Brazil men's game. And part of the reason why I like this Instagram takeover is she has given us an inside look into press box food. And for anyone who's ever been in a press box, no matter the country, the place, you know the food is sort of the thing that you're really judging them on. Quantity, quality, when it comes out, if it's hot, if it's cold. The cookie to plate ratio, that's a big one on me, but whatever. So want to take a look at that. Uh, Go for it. It's still up there. And currently right now, our very own Michaela took over for the DC United New York Red Bulls game, which ended 3-3. Great shots. Oh, what? Yes. You know, it's fine. Some people didn't know, but it's okay. Oh, shit. It's (laughs) live. The game happened like 48 hours ago. Don't worry. It's fine. Some people also Um, are going to ask their friends and co-podcasters about the um, cost-benefit analysis of continuing to be an MLS fan later on. It's not a problem. That's our next line. Don't worry. We're getting there. (laughs) Great. Um, uh, So, yeah, speaking about the Instagram takeovers, if anyone wants to do one, let us know. They're really fun. It's great to see sort of another perspective of not – always the same people showing like the same games and whatnot so whether you're at a match you're at the press box you're having a group event if you're having some sort of tailgate look at that i'm i'm aiming for american audiences over here uh do you tailgate in soccer i don't actually know no yes I, maybe i is, yes yeah sure okay yeah you know what tell us tell us if you tailgate yeah there you go so whatever your own ritual is even if it's just like you going to a game with your buddy and you know you just want to show how you get ready and 
your kind of ritualistic things that you go through. We want to see it. Um, so yeah, send us a message on Twitter or over Instagram. Send us an email and let us know if you want to do a takeover. Yeah. Speaking of, um, Jason Anderson um, on our Twitter just gave a shout out to Michaela and her Instagram story. Wrote pretty great view of Rooney's goal in Unusual Efforts IG story. Excellent. It yep. was a pretty great view, actually. Welcome, Rooney, to MLS. Even though I'm a few weeks late on that. <laughs> Uh, last little bit of things before we move on to the actual show this week. Um, I know I've been talking a lot, I apologize, but I just want to announce something kind of fun that I've started. I've joined a Learn How to Soccer Soccer Clinic, which is not its actual name, but it's what I've been calling it. And so for the first time in my life, I'm learning how to play soccer. And for those of you who don't know, I, um, me and, and my brothers, not just me, we're not allowed playing as kids because my father was too soccer obsessed. So my mom was like, we're not putting our kids through that. So we played baseball and basketball and like all the other things immigrant kids did and did not touch a soccer ball. So the did first you not time, play hockey? Uh, no, I, I skated. I was a terrible skater. Terrible at it. Uh, swimming was mostly, swimming was the big thing. But today I went out and I played center back for the first time and it was a lot of fun and I kind of took somebody down to the ground, but that's okay. I think I won the ball, but I really don't remember. And now I have a wee little scratch on my knee and I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so great. And that is going to be so good when we talk about um, one of our listener questions later. Mm. (laughs) Not that one. Oh, okay. Um, So moving on, let's go back to some more on our home soil, MLS for the week. Any recaps you guys want to share after I ruined it for Jesse? Sorry. No, but can we can we go back a second? Because I think we actually do have a listener question for you, actually specifically about your learning how to soccer soccer clinic. Okay. Which I think is an amazing name, and they should consider changing it to that. I know. Toronto Sports and Social. Consider changing it. You can have it for free. You don't even have to credit me. Wow. That's really nice. Just so humble over here. Okay. Um, so at Tweet Cred um, wants to know, for Sonia, how did it feel to start physically playing soccer when you've known the theory so deeply beforehand? So when you've been sort of theoretically soccering for so long to physically soccer. Physically soccering is hard. Let me get that out <laughs> right off the bat. Um, it's frustrating because I know exactly what should be going on and what I should be doing, and then you can't do it. It's like your brain doesn't talk to your feet and your like body and your mobility. So it's like I'm getting mad at myself for things that like should be easy things, but like I don't know how to pass. Like these are basic concepts. I'm like the ball should be over here, not over here. So it is. It's it is kind of a humbling process where you're like oh, all those like games I watched at my boyfriend's and then I was just like why aren't you doing this and now or you know professional games it does make a little bit more sense I prefer being you know the armchair soccer critic but yeah I'm gonna be do you tomorrow. think that physically soccering will help you or affect you in any way in your soccer theorizing um, or analyzing Soccering may make me feel a little bit more sympathetic, I guess, to players and make me realize it's not as easy as like what I can do on like FIFA, which is not very much, or like what I can do by screaming in the stands. Um, it's also very hot in Canada or in Toronto right now. It's like, sorry, I, know, I only know Celsius, but it was like 35 degrees today. Whew, that is uh, 98-ish. 
Yeah, so it was for September. It, it's very, very hot, and we were at TFC last night, and it was equally as warm then. So it, it gives me a new appreciation for players. So yeah. I'm sorry for anyone who I've ever written poorly against. You are better than me. Speaking of TL- TFC, TLC, we could chase waterfalls all we want, but speak- <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very niche quote. Um, speaking of TFC, you guys. I don't know if anyone has heard of this guy, but he's going to go places. He's going to do big things. And somebody should sign him real fast. Zlatan. Ibrahimovic. I'm so glad we're not actually doing a video recording right now because I'm just like grinning ear to ear. Um, (laughs) It was my first time seeing him play on Saturday. And I've seen, like for somebody who lives in... Canada. I've seen a lot of big players playing a lot of big games, and I've never been so starstruck in the stands. Like, I... So, my boyfriend has a very, very good camera phone, and mine is, like, absolute shite. And, like, I literally just made him take pictures the entire time. I've never taken a picture at a TFC game, I don't think. Like, ever. And, like, this one, I was just like, get another one, get another one! And they're all terrible, and they're all bad and blurry, but I was just in love. When he scored his goal that I'm sure quite a few people have seen at this point, his... 500th goal like the stadium just went quiet and then all of a sudden everyone just stood up and gave him a standing ovation like it was insane it was just like what do we do I mean I don't even care if we now lose which we were very close to at a point but it was just it was fantastic and you're gonna have to stop me because I will go on about this because that's all I've been doing for the last like 24 hours basically actually one last thing when I called my dad up today to tell my took my first uh learning how to soccer soccer clinic I was like telling him how like I'm finally doing something that like I've always wanted to do blah 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 and he's just like yeah 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 shut up shut up I want to hear more about Zlatan and I was just like oh, understandable okay and then we talked about that for half an hour so okay I'm gonna be quiet and everyone else is gonna talk about MLS unless Megan do you have any Zlatans to Zlatan no I don't other than that I haven't watched his documentary on Netflix yet that is on the, that's <laughs> next on the list uh, even I we know. have that in Canada I mean, doesn't that have to be number? I feel like he's going to come for you. I know. I've been trying to work through the comedies and the dramas first, like the non-realistic things, until I watch. Oh, I think he is a non-realistic thing. <laughs> that is yeah. true. He's both a comedy and a drama. That is true. That'll have to be next <laughs> on my list. <laughs> he is um, just, he's fantastic. I, I love him. I, like, read the book. You know, bought the shirt, done everything. It was great. Yeah. Sonny, your your Twitter feed last night was very Zlatan-centric. When, were you always a Zlatan? Yes. Does he have a name for his face? As, as, a Zlatan file? As, a Zlatan? Mm. We'll come up with something. I'm, okay. sure there, I'm sure there is something. There's a name, but I feel like we should have one. A Zlatantista? Yeah. yeah. No. I'll, I'll take yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, he played in Italy when I was first really, really getting into soccer. So it, you know, he was sort of somebody that you would see showcased and highlighted. And he left and came back. And so, like, he was sort of always in the news. Um, I actually have, this is so embarrassing, but whatever. I have a picture of him from 2013 hugging David Beckham on my desk when they play, like, my desk at work when they were both playing at PSG, except I've taken a picture of myself and put my head over David Beckham. So it was a lot of me. Okay, you know that that's going to have to be posted somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. It 100% is all over the internet. Okay, but... I but posted like, it myself. Okay, good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's just he's been he's been a player that you know what I think it is too. I have two older brothers, and I grew up watching a lot of wrestling, and I think he kind of brings that pageantry, that heel side of things to the game, and he's just a player who does whatever the fuck he wants because he can and and he can walk the walk and talk the talk. So I think he just, he's injecting something into a sport that has become so corporate and so like, you have to show up to this to do this press conference. And then you get these players like Zlatan, you even like Amario Balotelli, if, if you want to go that far, that kind of breaks that mold. And it's sort of nice to see personality shine through. Whereas like you get your Cristiano Ronaldo's and your Messi's that like, have to be perfect all the time and if the second they do anything wrong and i'm not even talking about like tax evasions but like they don't <laughs> sign a shirt from tax evasions that little whatever thing. Yeah. i mean let's not even go further with cristiano ronaldo and what he's done wrong because that's gonna yeah. take us the entire podcast so exactly but um yeah just like like if they walk past a kid and don't sign the shirt like they get just railed on all the time so to have somebody like Zlatan who either in the documentary or in his book he says something like I don't sign anything because I know what it's like to be the kid that has and all of your friends have something signed and like that one kid does it and he's like I can't sign everything for everyone so I'm gonna sign nothing for no one and I'm like kind of respect that I guess speaking of corporate um should we should we sort of slide into Beckham yes um are we gonna start with the truly incredible crest and the dancing dueling flamingos are they flamingos or are they cranes i thought they were flamingos are they not flamingos if they're not flamingos i don't like it anymore megan be the tiebreaker here i actually haven't seen it yet (gasps) oh it's so both of us are gonna send this to you right now yeah i'm on it listeners i'm very sorry but you're gonna okay good sonia's got it um just so you know i'm on team flamingo and if they're not david beckham will get a strongly worded letter i will take a break from sending justin trudeau uh, emails about Twenty One Thunder to tell David Beckham that he that he really messed up. Um, oh, I found you it. see it. Yes, great. Yeah, you do have it. Okay. So I think they're flamingos. I, yes, good job. They do have the one leg thing. Yeah, listeners, let yeah. us know if they're flamingos or cranes. Probably an easy Google, but I would prefer if our listeners interrupt. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys remember at the beginning of MLS when? Um, Florida had when in the in the height of like <laughs> Valderrama years, um, there were some really fun. I don't want to use the word good, um, <laughs> <laughs> but there were some really fun Florida teams, um, and I am both excited for Miami and sort of nervous that because of how this has already gone um, and what Sonia, what you were talking about with this sort of corporate culture, um, it's just going to go so terribly wrong. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have that much of a background on Florida soccer culture other than the Tampa Bay Rowdies because I'm a huge Joe Cole fan and that's where he plays now. But I think that David Beckham has let me choose my words carefully here because it's not let me finish the sentence and then <laughs> everyone can argue with me i think david beckham fought a really uphill battle in mls not in the sense that um he was going to struggle here as a player but i think he really carved out a way for the league to be taken seriously 
I think now that he's introducing a club, I think his buy-in is becoming more apparent than just the original paycheck that, you know, people assumed he was originally doing for, like, the retirement league. So I think him taking a club and wanting to bring it to the next level shows that there might be future investment and that the league itself might be worth looking into from kind of the ground up. And I'm not talking grassroots by any means because this is just a club that is being essentially engineered it's like a test tube club if you will but and i mean tfc was sort of like that too right and so i think it's just interesting that he is being able to be like let's just start building things here while we still have this market that is still new but has a lot of money in it and see what happens to the seats that we sell so I'm, I'm very, very interested. I think David Beckham, um, I think his heart is in the right place in a weird way, even if he may not even realize it. But I don't, I have high hopes, not for Miami in general, but what Miami can open doors to. I, I agree with actually all of that. I, I don't think my hesitation is for Beckham at all, surprisingly. Um, he, when he came to MLS seem to commit entirely to both the team and the league. Um, and he seems for all intents and purposes and, and his history to really um, still love both the sport and, and the league. It, it didn't seem to be like a, like you said, a Lofa Marteos or a Rafa Marquez, like I'm coming for a season, a paycheck, not going to play on turf. Goodbye. But, um, I think there's a danger to not knowing the the culture and the history and the needs of the population where you're trying to set down a club, um, both in terms of just sort of boring logistics that matter so much. And here I'm thinking about Sky Blue, we talked about last week, you know, transportation is annoying and vital. So mm-hmm. we've seen the problem in, in clubs where both, you know, income levels vary wildly and everybody needs to be able to get there and whether they drive, they have to park, but there have to be various ways of getting to a stadium. You can't just stick it in the middle of nowhere and you also can't stick it in the middle of like a very expensive neighborhood where parking is prohibitive. Um, and also, like you said about Tampa Bay, like the Tampa Bay Mutiny, which is the stupid, dumb name. Like, what are you mutinying against Tampa Bay? But that's totally besides the point. Um, had a, a very different um, Latino background. And Miami has a huge Brazilian culture and, and neighborhood at the moment. Um, and so far... And again, I hope I'm wrong, and I very well could be wrong. Um, but so far, there doesn't seem to be um, anybody t- trying to communicate with the different um, Hispanic or, or Latin communities down there, which seems not only wrong, but stupid. <laughs> I mean, this is like Atlanta is really successful in building fan bases um same thing with lafc in their short amount of time galaxy is the total opposite like and i hope that i hope that i'm wrong and i also hope that they just haven't done that yet but um like i hope to see a lot of their promo materials in portuguese and in spanish and and maybe that'll sort of build this from the ground up 
I think that the transportation is one thing that's really overlooked. Just coming from St. Louis background, um, we now have a USL team that is actually, yeah, (laughs) that is about, I would say, a good 45 minutes away from St. Louis. It's called St. Louis FC, but it's down in Fenton, um, which is actually closer to where I lived than to downtown St. Louis. And to take the metro from St. Louis, from the city of St. Louis, which I did, to the stadium <laughs> takes you an hour and a half. And that is a whole other wow. set of problems with St. Louis Metro, but... <laughs> um, and then there's... you can only Yeah, but also they should like know that going in. And, yes, it's just a USL team, but... It, it's one of the things that really bugs me. And so that was when these whole... But I don't know how widely this was done across the country, but there was a push about a year ago to get a stadium in St. Louis to buy an M- to get an MLS team. And it failed because St. Louis has enough problems without funding another stadium. Um, but there were very few people actually looking at the transportation aspect. And if you put a stadium downtown, which is where they were wanting to put it, and displacing a bunch of people and all of these other problems that they were doing, um, there still wasn't a great... Um, way to get there yeah we kind of experienced that in toronto too um probably not to the same extent we're really lucky where our stadium isn't necessarily like right downtown but it's still within the 416 or the six if you will um i promise i'll never do that again what does that mean the six it's yeah that's what drake calls toronto I didn't know that. Yeah, so there was six, like, boroughs that amalgamated into, like, Toronto. So there's, like, East York and uh, North York, Etobicoke. Oh, God, I'm going to have to name them all downtown. And I'm missing one, and I'm really sorry. drake Atropolis. Sure, let's go with that. Okay, good. Um, and that's where the six comes from. Or, alternatively, the area code here is 416, and the new area code is 647, so it could be from that. But um, I digress. So the stadium is uh, in a place called Liberty Village, and it is a nightmare to get to. Like, if you are anywhere north of the city, um, and by north of city, I mean, like, 100 meters north of the lake, you have to cross over train tracks where you have to, like, go underneath a tunnel in order to get to the stadium. So BMO Field holds 30K people. Imagine 30K people trying to get out of a tunnel that is what, like, maybe six feet wide? Like, it's crazy. And so now with, like, the talks about um, the World Cup coming to Toronto, people are saying, like, yeah, the stadium is ready, but, like, how how are you going to get that many people, that much volume into the stadium? And they're trying to come up with solutions and whatnot, but, like, like it's train tracks. Like, you can't just... My dog agree, agrees with Blue. you. Yeah, he's <laughs> very upset about it, and he... <laughs> He really uh, doesn't like poorly constructed infrastructure. He, yep. It just upsets him. It angers him. Preach. I, yep. I get it, too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, even like um, going back to Galaxy, I'm sure Beckham has thought about this because doesn't Galaxy like share their parking lot with like a high school or like a college or something like that? So, I mean, hopefully he's taken to these things into consideration, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, you just made Blue feel better. Hmm. Speaking about making people feel better, no, no, that was a bad <laughs> intro. Now I'm the next part of the story. Go, go, do it. 
about <laughs> Come on, own it. being horrible. Um, yeah. Looking at now across over in Europe games today, uh, uh, just two words and then I'll let you uh. guys go at it because I'm, I'm sitting here shaking my head, but <laughs> Costa spitting and the slow-mo video that everyone, or the slow-mo essentially gif that ever or gif that everyone's been posting of probably a very gross act and everything going around on it and jesse i know you had a one or two thoughts about that so please take it away and megan jump in at any point please because i'm just i don't want to touch this one i literally i I will give two thoughts and that's it what (laughs) yeah one is the i don't know if it's gif or jeff but like the gifs of the weekend were so gross because it was, for me at least on my timeline, um, Jan Vertonghen's finger going into Firmino's eye as a close-up. And like, not only did Firmino not need that, but like no one needed to see that close-up. So whoever provided that, like, unnecessary. And then this today, just, there's such thing as like, I don't know. TMI? TMI. And the second thing is, last time I berated a player for headbutting where I said that they looked like stupid baby rams going at each other, I got I, I got very annoyed men going after me on Twitter telling me that I sounded like all kinds of... I think I actually got feminazi that time. Go me. So... Doesn't even make sense. I will just reiterate... And have at me, again, same group of men, um, my feelings that perhaps some sort of training or just talking to should be provided so that players can know what to do with their anger slash frustration slash whatever happens to Douglas Costa, who is a really, really talented player like so many other players are, but whenever he gets angry, he does really ridiculous things like shoving his forehead against the forehead of another player and spitting with surprisingly good precision into the mouth of they, another player. And they were it's not close, only, though, like, yeah, but like, again, it's not only dumb, it's really potentially. And here's where I sound like a boring preschool teacher, which I am. It's unhygienic. It's potentially unsanitary and, un- and dangerous. Blah, 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 blah. Megan, you finish. I was going to say away. that it reminded me of my high schoolers who are still growing as people and don't know what to do with themselves when they get angry. It's <laughs> exactly yes, where I was going Megan. with it, too, because I'm like, I just don't know what you're doing. What I understand you're in the heat of the moment, but that would never enter my mind as the thing to do to a person. (laughs) Yeah, I also, I don't think I could be that precise in my spit. (laughs) I really don't. Do you practice that? I mean... Maybe? Like, does he do it, like, on a dartboard? Yeah. Maybe he has a dartboard with, like, opposing players, yeah. Yeah. I will say Who would be in the middle of your dartboard? There you go. Uh, how do you practice spitting? Right into us. Uh, no, I will say this because I saw a few counter arguments, not necessarily siding with Costa, obviously, but saying like, oh, you know, in order to invoke that much rage, maybe something racial was said, something to make 
you know, him actually that angry, like something kind of beyond the game, mm. which I can kind of understand. I mean, not to harp back on this, but like your most classic example is, you know, Zlatan and, and Matarazzi, right? Like the headbutt and like yeah. what did Matarazzi say to him, et cetera. But at the same time, I mean, that's deplorable. Like you don't say anything racist, sexist, whatever, like that I don't even think I need to say out loud. But to spit in someone's face when there's VAR right there, like I get that it's it's maybe even a visceral reaction. Like you're just so angry, you're spitting with anger literally and figuratively. But you're gonna be caught for it. Like I I again maybe I've you know, I've played my one game of soccer, so I'm the expert now. You but, are a professional now. Yeah, I pretty much. Semi-pro. Well, <laughs> let's be realistic. But, like, there's cameras everywhere. There are, there's press everywhere. There's the internet. There's, there's gifts going out about you. Like, do players, and this is a, a general question overall, do players now conduct themselves, di- or should they now conduct themselves differently? Because they are so, like, they are so under the microscope even more than you know they were five years ago like, so there's just do they i don't think they do it doesn't it should doesn't they? seem like they do but should they i wonder if maybe now that there is var and a lot of cameras and again this obviously could be misused like so many things could but what if there is some <laughs> sort of signal that players could use like refs make that um really ridiculous looking box shit we're all doing it you guys (laughs) listeners just so you know imagine the three of us simultaneously making the var sign because that's what just happened but like you're probably doing it at home too so please do that with us i feel like we should all do the door of the explorer listeners make the var sign good job (laughs) um so just like the refs could do that but if a player does get verbally abused in some way on the pitch that is um you know an ism in some way like you know racially or or sexually abused verbally on the pitch that there is some way that they can signal that so that play can stop and that can be addressed so that they don't have to lash out in a stupid spitty yucky way I, I don't disagree with you on that. I just think that's going to be abused very, very easily. And, you know, we've heard so many excuses from so many people. I know, like, one classic thing that hits close to home for me with Udinese is that there was a racial slur call, but it wasn't necessarily a derogatory term in one player's country. It was more of a sign of not, not like, they're paisans, but, like... You no, know what listen, I mean? like, the Suarez thing really... Is very difficult for me because yeah. it's almost impossible to explain unless you grew up in three specific countries that mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't even it's very it's even uncomfortable to say that calling somebody I mean when I grew up and you guys are looking at me so you know how ridiculous this sounds um, my family called me three things they called me chanchita which means little pig piglet out of Absolutely, you know, the same way that somebody would call you, like, sweetie pie. Mm-hmm. Um, so they call me chanchita. They call me negrita, which nobody should be called, especially out of, like, you know, out of, like, a little diminutive. Um, and then they called me dulce. And that is no, that is 
not only acceptable, it's, it's normal. Um, and if I say that to somebody who has never spent time in Uruguay, Argentina, or Chile, that is completely, that is reprehensible. And I completely understand. I brought it up to my father that maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. And he was taken aback. Um, but, but I also think that maybe that's where training comes into play, that when you send a player who's going to play on a big stage somewhere, you know, even if they're, even if they're going to play for their own country, they're going to play outside of their own country. And you, Mm -hmm. and, and somebody needs to say to them, look, cultures are different and you need to know sort of what you're getting into. Um, And there's a, there is a difference, like you said, between racial abuse and saying something that is accidentally insensitive. But you know what? Saying something that's accidentally insensitive still hurts and they need to know that and not do that. So as much as I don't think, and I will try my hardest to defend this, I don't think that Suarez intentionally abused anyone except for the biting thing. And that's another story. I, I think he was wrong because I think that he was in another country where what he said was problematic. Um, and, and some South American mentor, when he went to play in Liverpool, should have said, listen, you know, this thing that you say, and we'll probably call your children and, and not think anything of it is going to get you into trouble. So that was a tangent, but like I, I, it's a, it's something that I think about a lot when, you know, when I think about Taurus. No, I mean, I, I think it's a fair point and uh, sort of off topic, but just to, you know, explain my childhood as well and parents calling weird names. My dad would always call us a uh, petit chouchou, which means little cabbage, which is also a sign of endearment. Don't know why, but uh, you've yeah. actually heard that from somebody, have you? Yeah, Petitishu. I call I call Frank that now, and Nick's always just like what? <laughs> a little cabbage. I'm like, no, no, well, Frank it's, it's well. Actually, looks a little in an adorable way, a little cabbage like. It's a roly poly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things. Like that might be a silly example, but it's true. Like language doesn't always translate in fact very rarely does it translate the way you want it and maybe there is something that has to be put in place for like soccer is so like the pinnacle of globalization and in order for it to kind of maintain the standard of you know playing across the world and everyone talks about the beautiful game and being able to connect on a pitch and it doesn't matter about your age or your gender your social economic standard whatever there has to be a thing that's like, okay, not to take from MLS, but like, this is where we draw the line. Like, there are some things you just can't say. And the same, I don't know if we want to talk about this now. I know it's a topic we've kind of talked about in general, and I apologize for the language I'm going to use right now, but I'm saying it more as an example than anything, but people who say puta in the stands. Um, I know this is a big topic, and I know we really wanted to kind of delve into this deep, so we may leave it for now and then come back to it at, at uh, another point to do it justice but it's things like that to one person it may mean something completely different but if you have people saying like no this is why it's offensive here is some information about it you can't keep falling back to the like well i don't mean it offensively there's a lot of words that maybe i don't mean to say offensively or i claim that i don't mean to say it offensively 
but those words have specific meaning behind them. Like they are specific signifiers to other people for a reason. So it's, it's, I don't know, language is, we're really derailing off soccer here, but whatever. Language is fascinating and cruel and heartbreaking and wonderful in all the same ways. So it's, it's very similar to soccer, if you will. Yeah. Well, Speaking even of, I'm going to now link to some of the articles that we, that, that our effortistas have written on, on that word. So mm-hmm. just check those out. Sorry, Megan, I cut you off. Go for oh, it. Oh, I was going to say, even to bring it back to soccer, there was an incident earlier this year um, where Mats Hummels tweeted something. And it didn't make very big news outside of Germany, from what I've seen. But he, the specific words that he used were, it's called in Germany, like, Nazi language. Like, it was specific mm. language that's used by the right and by, was but used by Nazis. And people tried to call him out on it. And if you know anything about Matt's Hummels, you know that he's fairly active on Twitter and likes to respond to people. And he was, he literally just sent a um, screenshot of the Wikipedia page and said, well, obviously I didn't mean it like that. This is what the word actually means. <laughs> As if that absolved him of anything, even though people were like, well, here's the history behind the word. You can't read one sentence on Wikipedia and say that you're in the right. Oh, for sure. And, it, and it's like that whole, like, well, actually, yeah. it's like mansplaining to the extreme of like, your opinion is wrong because this is my opinion. And it's 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 ridiculous. And it's something that we definitely should do a pod on and, and talk about language. And I know I'm speaking on behalf of myself, get people on that are far more um, informed on the subject, because most of what I've learned has been learning experiences, unfortunately, through other people where I see mistakes being made and a lot of the times somebody will come up with a counterpoint and it's really nice when people are like oh my goodness I didn't realize that thank you for this like teaching moment and we need a little bit more of those than the getting defensive and getting your back up and you know but that goes exactly to what you said which is being open to other people's reasons that Mm. it's okay to have different opinions but you really have to listen to the why exactly yeah. And and it's not just with race. Obviously, it's about gender issues and, you know, using people's pronouns the way that they prefer them to be used and just being respectful of other people. And yeah, that's going to segue into our next point about yeah, just seamlessly, I think being respectful of other people. <laughs> our next point is literally CR's goal. <laughs> well, oh, when you talk about respect, you think about people other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Right, Frank? I know. I agree. Frank just loves Ronaldo there. Yep. So he finally did the thing, you guys, and he did it twice. Whatevs. Uh, Do you you care? I don't care. That that wasn't a goal, the first one. Uh, Yeah, I mean... uh... All I care is that Emery Chan was involved and (laughs) he gets an assist by his name. He's so pretty. Can we just... Like, there every child is so, so pretty. Um, so, I don't know. He did. He scored. What else? Anybody else? Moving on. No. Good. Um, I love you. Well, You're the best ones. <laughs> not really moving on. In the same vein. Yes, it's great that he scored in Syria and Italian media is going crazy, et cetera, et cetera. But really, it's... This coming week, if you're listening on Monday when we drop this pod, it'll be Tuesday and Wednesday. 
and Champions League and what he's able to do then because as pretty much everyone has said no one really cares what he does in Serie A Juventus has won the season for as far as I'm concerned right now but Champions League is the test and how do you guys think he will do against Valencia coming up their first match Um, the faces are priceless right now. I know. I, I, sometimes like, no, I do no, wish no, we were taking opinion. screenshots. Um, I, you know, I don't, I'm totally biased. I think he'll do fine and he'll make a meal out of it because he's him and he'll make it all about himself and the media will obviously make it about him too. And I'll be annoyed. And so, yeah, Megan, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I think that when you have Sammy Kadira backing you up, you can't go wrong. No. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back to that. That's fine. It's just going to keep coming back to the two Germans on the team. But, um, but the fact does he, but that's the, that is the thing about him. Like he doesn't, or maybe this is my bias. Like he makes it about him and the media makes it about him. The media makes it about when is he going to score his two goals today or his goal. And today was about, he scored his two goals. If you were sort of watching the Cristiano Ronaldo narrative, you wouldn't know who Sami Kadira was you wouldn't know that there was a team. You probably wouldn't even know what team he played on. You would just know about him. So that's what I'm saying with this tone of annoyance in my voice. Um, I think that is part, you know, if there wasn't any of the rest of this, isn't if there wasn't like the sexual assault allegations and the tax evasion and the stupid celebration like that in itself is is just gets old for me so let's talk about me right now and my feelings <laughs> no not i'm all for that but you raised an interesting point there because is it his fault that the narrative makes it about him i mean not to play this old game, but with Messi, it's Messi and Barcelona, like, or it's Messi's Barcelona, but that team is there. And is it because he's been at Barcelona for so long, whereas, you know, Ronaldo's becoming this journeyman, a lot like Zlatan, not to, you know, take a drink every time I bring Zlatan back into this, but (laughs) it's becoming this thing. It's, let's see what Ronaldo can do as Ronaldo, whereas Messi, it's, let's see what he can do with his team. So all eyes are on Ronaldo because he doesn't have that sort of fallback of, the same sort of characters behind him that's a good question he also does have a like it's hard to sort of give Messi a character because he's so boring yeah no I'm I'm not a Messi fan you're right um whereas Latan and Ronaldo do have the sort of larger than life character to them and I think that the media uh, you know clearly it's easier for it's it's better for the media to have something else to write about than just nameless genius player scores a goal then goes home to bed you know does charity work um loves his family right grows ugly beard gets terrible tattoos um so that's something also he he does have this this overhyped um sense of like dramedy around him mm-hmm. um but but i do think you're right I, th- I think it is like a symbiotic relationship i don't know which which came first like the, the chest or the shorts i don't know if that's a good chicken or egg analogy 
Now I got it. And like the thing is, like the media would have just eaten it up if like he's the type of player that like stumbles out of nightclubs at two a.m. and then they can pick like pick apart the bad parts or like the why he's not the role model or like the saint that Messi is. But he doesn't do that. He's the first one on the pitch, last one off. He works really, really hard. The most that they can ever really point out about him is that he has like some flashy cars and he goes to his kids like football practices like that's about it so i think it's almost this narrative that that has been blown out of proportion because there is no other narrative i think when it comes down to it he is just as boring as messy but people kind of pinpoint the like one or two flares and then just hold on to that and like sink their claws into it but again, I'm the resident, you know, Ronaldo fan on on the pod and in the group, and yeah, we're working on her, you guys. So. Just stay tuned. It's it, it, it's a long slog, but little by little, we'll get we'll get Sonia there. Well, we're trying. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, just for time's sake, because I do want to get into one topic of conversation on the pod before we answer more questions and kind of do our sign-offs. Um, any games sticking out to you guys that you want to talk about? For me, it's Young Boys Manchester United as I glare across at my United uh, Hi, roommate for the minute. Everyone's yelling, hello, Nick. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a fun game. But yeah, that's that. And uh, without wanting to mention the reason why our boss is not on the pod today, because she's flying out for a specific game. And um, Napoli. Everybody, everybody cheer on. Well, everybody just cheer on. Let's just cheer on Kirsten Survive. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let's, let's go with that. Just send thoughts and best wishes. Um, yeah. For me... Ugh, you put them all in a row, Megan. For me, it's it's Liverpool PSG. Just please send Kalani your bubble wrap. Um, Barcelona PSV, I've got Uruguayans on both sides. And Tottenham's a mess, but they're my mess. <laughs> so, oh, and Atletico, Megan, jeez. This one Ugh. wasn't me, actually. This was Who did this? To- Who played? Who did this? Me. Ay. God. Uh, you know? Well, okay. That's great. Let's just hope that everybody, you know, keeps their teeth in. Has keeps fun. Their, learn um, some lessons. <laughs> puts their shin guards in and has some orange slices at halftime. <laughs> Go team! <laughs> Uh, Megan, uh, there's quite a few German names on here, as we all know. Well, who are you looking forward to? What do you think is going to uh, come up of the, the first round for Champions League? I really want to see this Hoffenheim game, the Hoffenheim Shakhtar game, because I really don't know what they're going to do. And, and I like that. I like not knowing the outcome of a game before we go into it. That's not always That's, something it's we It's a rarity, yeah. to be honest. Because I just, I think that they could do it. I really think they have a shot. And that might be some delusional bit of my mind saying that. Um, just because I don't we hate their fans. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that they actually have a chance. And I'm somewhat rooting for them a little bit. A little tiny bit. My focus is much more on the Europa League this season. Or this next week, at least. We will get to that, and and just onto that as well. Um, as we all know, I became a Borussia Dortmund fan two weeks ago, thanks to Megan. So, Club Bruges, you're going down. 
That's, that's all I got to say on that. Wait, where's my team? Where's mine? They're not in. <laughs> oh, okay. It's fine. We don't need them anyway. We're, we're doing great on our own. Go green. Yeah. Go green. Wait, are they in Europa? That's what I'm okay, looking at right let's, now. So let's segue into Europa. And, okay. Um, I'll tell you in a sec I'll if my team is in the dark here. They're not. It's okay. It's no. fine. We don't need them either. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm a true fan. Yeah. As of two weeks ago. <laughs> You have so many reasons to root for them. It's fine. I know. I really like them. Their Twitter is pretty good, too. Oh, I have to join. Do they have it in English, Megan? Yes. I'll, I haven't learned German yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll so I'm not, get like, you there. a great fan, but... We could do German okay. football lessons, like, every, every two weeks. <gasps> Ooh, new word every, every two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. You guys... It it won't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we should post it and all of our things, and then we'll be like, just we'll we'll basically be a an educational system, like a exactly. factory. Mm-hmm. Like it could be played in German classrooms for people to. Oh learn. my god! Look at us go! Yeah, it's a new age Duolingo. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to I'm be so fair, it's how us. I learned my German was all listening to soccer. So. It's kind of how I learned Portuguese. That's we kind are of providing how I Italian, to be honest. such a service. All right, we're going to do a word a week. So, Megan, you get ready. Just think of one for the end of this podcast. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Pressure's on. Okay. So, um, Sonia, I just really want you to pronounce some of these Europa League teams. No, I just told you my biggest fear. <laughs> I know. I just want you to, to, to conquer it. Just pick one. Like, who are you going for here? Um, really big fan of this Chelsea team, Group L. <laughs> mm, yep, I, I haven't heard of them. Uh, Malvo, can you also can you do me a favor? Bringing back uh, Zlatan into this Group F. Group F, that third team yep. in Group F. What do you think of them? Um, Dudelange. <laughs> yeah. Inter Milan? Is that the one you're looking at? No, that's the... You know, uh, nope, you and got it. there's a Latin team? <laughs> what, what other Latin teams are playing? Um, oh, I think those are the only two. <laughs> I'm faithfully taking a drink every time you mention him. Oh, careful. <laughs> Sonia, we want to keep her around. Yeah, that's... Um, Megan, I mean, if we go back up about... to uh, Champions League... <laughs> She's going to be done. She's going to yeah. be on the floor. I won't finish this podcast. Um, we're gonna have to call it like a vodcast. <laughs> Anything you want to add about like that. the Europa Leagues? Um, Group B is going to be fun. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. It's the duel of the Red Bulls. Um, even if the one from Leipzig isn't called that. Um, and so I really can't wait for this Thursday ride that they're playing. Wednesday or Thursday? I think. Um, for Thursday. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and. I'm a little nervous because when you have teams that are so connected, like this is what everybody was worried about. And now we're finally getting to see it play out. And we don't know exactly from the outside how much they share. We know about the transfers back and forth and how there was a sporting director over both of them. But what's going to happen when they actually play? (laughs) Like, that's my big question. Just what's going to happen? So if there's a game for this group stage, that's the game for people to watch. Yeah. And it, it might be completely boring. I don't... 
that's the thing. We don't know. For some reason, they've never played each other, which has kind of blown my mind. This is a tangent again. Oh, but, wow. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. They don't, they haven't done friendlies against each other. None of that, which is always, I've been so surprised by because they're so close and they'll do, um, you know, they'll train in the same area, but they don't actually play each other. It's like they were trying mm. to keep that separation. And Weird now it's that this is where they're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, though. All right, I mean, so you've given us stage, two. Not... Yeah. Yeah. You've given us two matches where really anything could happen. So. We'll see. <laughs> well, not not to leave things on that note, but that there is a little bit of mystery there. Um, I know we have two big things that we want to talk about, but just for time's sake, and I know we keep bumping it, but we're going to bump it and then bring it back when Kirsten's in so we can have like a fulsome conversation. And we're not bumping it because it's not important. We're bumping it because it's so important that in two weeks, we're actually going to move it up to the top of the list. And that is the Women's World Cup coming up. So yeah, I... Just for time's sake, I just want to make sure that we actually do it justice. But if you guys listening at home, listening in your cars, listening in the gym, have questions on the Women's World Cup, send them our way. Um, Personally, I'm not that knowledgeable about women's soccer. I wish I was a lot more knowledgeable, but outside the Canadian team, the American team for rivalry's sake, and a bit of the German team, actually. Um, my knowledge is a little bit lacking, so we're going to actually do our research and kind of get an in-depth look on the Women's World Cup coming up. So, yes, we are going to push that to next week, but we're going to have a focus on it for next week. So tell your friends. Um, we're going to briefly touch on the international break before we sign out because a lot of stuff happened. Canada scored, I think, more goals this break than we have in the last, like, nine years put together. Um, Switzerland also, this is just personal for me, um, Switzerland scored equally an insane amount of goals and Italy shit the bed. Ah! Recap. Um, I know the U.S. didn't exactly do as planned, but if you guys want to chat about that for a bit, uh, I'm going to refill my drink. That was a telling silence. Megan, do you have anything to say about the U.S.? <laughs> no, I I briefly watched part of the game against Brazil, but um, that was it. Uh, and Germany, germany So. I watched both U.S. games, and I went on a minor rant about this on another podcast, so I will spare you guys, but um, the hype around the United States in U.S. commentary is inversely proportionate to how talented the United States is, and it is so boring and so aggravating. Um, We should just all acknowledge that the United States is not great, and that's okay. There's still a team that's in sort of – not even transition. They're just a team that's being built. Um, It's okay not to be that good. Just say that. Don't act like every young player is the second coming of Kristen Pulisic, who is still not the first coming. Um, and and don't make it seem like this United States-Mexico rivalry of the century is actually a rivalry of the century every time we play and everything that happens on a pitch has, has epic proportions it takes away from what's actually happening on the pitch, which is not a lot. Um, 
because we're not that good. However, Uruguay played Mexico, and we won <laughs> 4-1, and Luis Suarez had both a Panenka and a Ravona in the same bloody match. And God, I love when we're good, because when we are good, it is so good. And for the first time since 2010, we're playing with this, like, delicious magical match of veterans and baby players who are playing together with chemistry that like it's like sexy and awesome and great and that's how I feel you know what's also awesome what the unusual efforts takeover of that U.S. Brazil match, which is on our Instagram account. It Sorry, is, I it is. That was so good. No, you I've... know what else is awesome? Yes, our audience questions. Yes, they are. Yep. <laughs> um, also, not not to bump that, but the one that we wanted to talk about, can we bump that for next week too, so we can dive into it a little bit more? The one yeah, I just highlighted. Yeah. Amazing. Um, June at Mimsicality, uh, we were all talking about you on WhatsApp and how great you are. So thank you for yeah. your questions, yes. both of them. And we're going to save them for next week because they're great and you gave us a lot to talk about. And we just enjoy you and your thoughts. Yep. June from Boston. Thank you. Yep. Good job. Um, the second question, actually, I think we sort of touched upon this and maybe this is what sparked my brain when I wrote the script <laughs> um but it comes from kevin Barron, who i really want to call kevin bacon so i apologize for that you should at- you should just do it kevin that's your new name <laughs> sorry bud um at k1 Barron, and kevin writes how would you slash should we go about addressing the issue of mexico's infamous chant infamous chant is in quotations what more can fifa do about um what more can fifa do about it and it's fun Sorry, what more can FIFA do about it if fines aren't making any notable progress? Um, So, again, I'm going to post on Twitter, or we're going to post on Twitter, uh, two um, really great articles that our FRTs have written. um, And you guys should read them because they have a a host of information um, about the history of the chant itself. Um, I I think that FIFA has not nearly... What they have done is almost comically awful. Um, but I would also like to point out that this chant doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't also happen in FIFA. Uh, Chile and uh, Argentina um, have been fined as well. Um, but if you if you fine but don't fine enough, then, then you're almost making it worse. Um, so I would, if, if the chant happens, I would make them play in a close stadium um, or make them lose the match, uh, make them forfeit the match. And if you do that enough times, then the team is going to have to do something about it. Um, because if not, we clearly are not seeing anything happen. And this is um, endemic this, of a bigger issue, which is um, abuse in stadiums. Um, and if FIFA are going to sort of, um, symbolically do something about this while not doing anything about the rest of what's happening and also give tournaments to Russia and Qatar, then they are saying that they are okay with it. I mean, in general, FIFA's kind of 
piece of shit when it comes to a lot Wait, of really? things like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Another spoiler out here. Um, vote for me for next FIFA president. But I saw the FIFA movie, and they're, like, really great. Can we please do my drinking game about the FIFA movie? Um, I have a whole uh, drinking game for it. We need yes, to post that. We will post that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's when we do our first live yeah. uh, podcast. One hundred percent. That FIFA <laughs> movie is magnificent, um, beautiful. Uh, but no, uh, to Jesse's point, it, it's not in a vacuum. I mean, there are certain words that we hear at MLS games, and a lot of it is sort of that like mimicking copycat version. Like, I saw this happen at another stadium. I'm going to do it here. And I don't recommend this to people because it depends on your safety level, but I have called people out on it and I've gotten responses of like, they just sort of become bashful and shy away to, they just yell it louder. And I, again, I don't, I'm not saying to approach anyone, but at the same time, like be wary of your situations and don't think that like, oh, this doesn't happen in North America or it's other people doing it or whatnot, because it is it is bad in MLS and I know people who don't go to games because they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel like it's a welcoming space and that should never happen in a stadium. Like to me, that's, that's ridiculous. And I think, yeah, something needs to be done more than these almost symbolic fines or like the sep or just shake each other's hands and become friends. Like it's closed doors are hitting people where it hurts because a the stadiums aren't making money. Fans can't play you know, players don't have the same sort of atmospheric um, atmosphere that they normally have. So, yeah, more needs to be done because we're better than that. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Humanity should be better than, you know, hiding behind a that's what we've always done. I like or... that we're better than that. I mean, it's really yeah. that simple. I really like that, Sonia. Thank you. Put it on a T-shirt. Speaking of... <laughs> Just knocking them out of the park, guys. Um, before we do our beer closings, we do have kind of a fun announcement. We are coming up with new t-shirts soon. So if you want to get some of our old designs, I don't know if they're going to be coming off the market, but definitely pick them up. We'll tweet out the uh, link for that afterwards. But we are coming up with new t-shirt designs. And in fairness and in true soccer spirit, we are going to pick the new design via you guys and through a bracket system so we haven't exactly come up with things yet we've been in our whatsapp chats we've been kind of bouncing around ideas but look for that coming very very soon and i'm super excited about it because our ideas are just brilliant just brilliant mostly based on these podcasts i was gonna say if we do say so ourselves there yeah humble brag um yeah, so moving on very quickly to sort of round out this podcast, our closing, our beer pairings. Does anyone want to go first? I can go I can first. take it away. Okay. You, you look like you want to go. <laughs> um, so my pairing this week, I'm focusing on the aforementioned Europa League match um, between the two Red Bull clubs, because I found a new beer called Space Dust IPA by Elysian Brewing Company. And we all know that Red Bull gives you wings. So this is just a way to fly out into the galaxy while you're watching the game. Beautiful. I love that. I'm a, not an official sponsor. <laughs> I hope they pay you a lot of money. Yeah. Just beer. I just need the beer. Oh, man. If, if any beer does want to sponsor this podcast, we are definitely up for that. 
Yeah. Uh, Email, tweet, Instagram. Send. Jesse, our, our resident okay. beer expert. <laughs> so I thought I did a pretty good job the first two or three times for a non-beer drinker. But I got super thrown by having to see the Costa gif, gif, gif over and over and over. So my alcohol this week is straight up vodka. (laughs) And I will tell you why. Because it is antiseptic and antibacterial and you could use it as a mouthwash. So you don't even have to drink it. Knock back a shot, swish it, and spit. But not at somebody. Yeah. Not at, thank you, not at someone. So just pure vodka. I live down the street from Brood in Brooklyn. If you want a really great local artisanal vodka, go for that. Vodka. It's, it's what's for soccer. That's also, mine. possibly yeah. a t-shirt design yes. as well. Yes. That's, that's going on the list. Done. Um, for me, I actually discovered this beer through another podcast, and I've been looking for it like crazy in Toronto, and apparently we can't get it. So I've not tried this beer, but I do want to mention it. Um, it's a Swedish-English collaboration by Omnipolo and Siren, and it's an imperial porter called Lorelei Maple Coconut Toast. Surprisingly, it's a um, Swedish brewer, but it is not a nod to Zlatan, Megan Drink. Um, but <laughs> it's rather towards my niece, who is also named Lorelai. And for those of you who don't know where the name Lorelai comes from, it is not just a Gilmore girl, even though I'm pretty sure that is who she was named after, but whatever. But it actually comes from German folklore. So again, Megan has been teaching us so much now that I'm looking more into German soccer and German folklore. But Lorelai is the name of a siren who would lure sailors to their doom. And I'm putting forward this beer because I just think with everything going on in the world right now from our last podcast and politics and shitty things that are happening in the world that I think some we need more women to lure people to their doom in the sense that, you know, bringing down people that maybe need a little bit more humbling. So I'm putting forward this German siren beer as my beer of the week. I love this so much, and I read that and thought, not a beer drinker, I would actually drink this. And if it's legal to send alcohol across federal lines, somebody tell me, because I want to send this to you. But first, I have to know Uh, if I'm allowed to do that. I've been trying to get this beer, and no one can send it to me, because you can't just send beer in in the mail. Come on, Trudeau. I know, right? Just add that into your letter to Trudeau as well. (laughs) All right. It's on the list. Uh, <laughs> for you just gets these yeah. letters every two days from Jesse. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to wrap up the pod there. We are actually, I mean, this pod was excellent, but all the stuff that we've pushed to two weeks, I'm actually really, really looking forward to it. So just wait two weeks where we're going to knock it out of the park or kick it out of the park, I guess is probably a better analogy. But in the meantime, if you would like to support us, we have a Patreon website going on. If you want to give us a bit of money there or through PayPal, whatever you can give really helps. Um, For those of you who don't know, one of our main things on Unusual Efforts is that we support um, through monetary value all of our content creators. So it's very important to us that you get paid for your work and we acknowledge how important your work is so 
we do accept donations and we accept them with your thanks for helping to us to support our writers and our artists and our editor, especially Kirsten. Um, yeah. And along with that too, if you have any topic recommendations for the pod, or if you have any questions, send them our way. You can get us at unusual efforts or you can reach all of us at our own handles. If you guys want to give those out. Uh, mine is at Jesse Loesch. And mine is at Rosenball Megan. Mine is I heart Slatan, or I may change it to that. Uh, no, um, I'm at Sonia Missio, and I think that's that's us for this week. If Jesse wants to give the sign off, because none of us know how to do it. Uh, well, obviously, you should always keep your Frank on the post um, and your Woo. blue in the backyard. Um, oh, I love that. And we just—I know—we uh, just want to thank Men on the Post. Um, for giving us this chance and supporting us and um allowing us to you know put our dogs in in places uh and um you should check us and them out and here's where i tell you all the technology things in a voice that shows you how little i know about it stitcher the official podcast of sonia missio um love stitcher i love itunes oh look at you guys go itunes uh the podcast app which is purple um <laughs> a cast which is only a thing that i know about because of ryan goodman but i'm sure it's fine um and guess what if you subscribe to man on the post i didn't know this the podcasts like ours like just just appear in your purple podcast app or maybe Stitcher, I don't know. And then you're yeah. on the subway and you have no Wi-Fi and you're stuck in on the D train in the middle of the tunnel. Useless. You can't do anything because your governor is like it's not fixing the subway and and you can't sit down and you can't make a phone call and you don't have a book and you can barely move. You can still, still people, I tell you. Listen to the Man on the Post and Unusual Efforts podcast because they have effortlessly dropped into your podcast app. It's like it's like podcast magic, basically, if you subscribe. I think you can also review us. You shouldn't review me because I've just ranted at you, but you could review us. You could write and be like, wow, those men on the post are great. Or, hey, Frank is adorable. What a petite chouchou. I mean, you could write all of that. <laughs> and you should, anyway, really, is what I'm saying. So the men on the post um, have all kinds of podcasts going on. And um, my favorite right now that appeared this morning, I don't know if you know this, but I was stuck on the D train. Um, true life, real story, is called 11 Pieces of Me. And they have all kinds of other things, too. And uh, you could tweet at them and tell them how adorable our dogs are. Because they should know about that. It's true. Yeah. 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 Frank and Blue, you guys. Blue and Frank. I'm just, I'm smiling right now. I, I know that doesn't <laughs> help on podcasts, but I'm just like sat here smiling. Um, I'm so excited for next week. Oh, I know. I'm ready. We haven't even finished this week and I'm excited about next week. All right. Two weeks. Not, not to burst that bubble, but it's two oh, weeks. Oh, come on. Wait, well, maybe we'll just throw one next week just to... We won't send it out or post it anywhere. We'll just, we'll just record it okay. for our own personal reasons. That works for me. 
All right. Well, from all of us at Unusual Efforts and everyone from Men on the Post, uh, thank you for listening. And we will get back at you in two weeks. Have a good night, everyone. Ciao. Thank you.